Let me tell you about the sports, uh, you know, the sports clothing that I like. You know, lifestyle sports apparel that I'm just always, it's me all over. Yeah. Now, of course, this, if you know anything about this industry, it's been dominated by companies with all sorts of crazy agendas, Hmm. uh, left-wing agendas. Well, wait wait a minute. Adidas just made stuff for the Nazis. They were Nazis. And (laughs) uh, Nike, I mean, they just, well, pretty much the same thing. So, I mean, what is... Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a new answer to this whole question here. To find someone, I don't know, something that's somebody good... Uh, it's founded by NBA player Jonathan Isaac, who we love. Uh, it was it's it's a values based alternative for stylish, high quality sports and lifestyle apparel. Uh, it's more than cool clothes. Unite us! It's a community. It's a movement. It brings people together in support of traditional values like faith, family, and freedom. When you support Unitas, you're supporting a company committed to upholding these values in the marketplace. And this is the parallel economy we've been talking about for a long time. Judah One is their new athletic shoe. It's the only shoe ever that uh, has scripture uh, marking on the shoe. It's great. Very, very cool. Uh, Check it out now. Go to the website. Uh, It is weareunitas.com. Code is Blaze2. Weareunitas.com. Remember just a few months ago, a couple of months ago, maybe, uh, we launched Blaze TV Plus, and we said we were going to expand our investigative journalism. And the day we announced this, we did. We released a, an exclusive investigation on the January 6th uh, thing. And it was a, an article from Steve Baker, who had been doing all kinds of, uh, of work investigating what was really going on with the videos and January 6th. And his first story came out and just nailed the Capitol Police. Just nailed them. Turned the whole narrative upside down. We told you that Blaze TV was going to really need your support uh, because it's really expensive to do these. Well, we've got a new expense now, I think. Um, Steve Baker has uh, just been charged by the uh, U.S. Department of Justice. They're charging him for God only knows what. He's going to be on with us here in a second for his January 6th reporting. Huh. What a surprise. We're going to talk to him in 60 seconds. What you're looking for when you go down the meat aisle most likely is a good piece of meat. If you're like most Americans, one that maybe is close to expiring, 
so you can get it at a decent price. How about getting a good piece of beef and it's raised in America, it's not close to expiring, and you can lock in the price. How about that? 85% of grass-fed beef is imported from overseas, but not with good ranchers. This, this is American beef, high-quality beef, chicken, pork, fish, all from local farms and ranches. Uh, and for every box ordered, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to Americans in need. That's over a million meals so far. So do good while you eat well. Listen, don't settle for less than the best meats. Don't settle for meat that's been raised overseas. Don't settle for almost expired meat. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK at $25 off any box. Do some serious good for yourself and your family by having American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. $25 off GoodRanchers.com. All right, we have Steve Baker on the phone, Blaze Media investigative journalist uh, who has been looking into the January 6th debacle and has made massive headway. And it's my understanding that uh, Steve and the team were up in Washington here in the last couple of weeks. I think some of them just got back uh, yesterday, spent a lot of time with the January 6th footage, full access now because of Steve. Uh, and uh, some new stories are coming. But what a surprise, Steve. You were notified by the U.S. Department of Justice. Yes, good morning. Hey. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a great uh, good morning I had yesterday. I bet. Uh, yeah, we're, we're actually here right now. I'm actually uh, talking to you from the secure video room in one of the congressional office buildings in D.C. We've got our Blaze guys here right now working on the, the consoles, and we've been here all week, so... We're, we're not, we're not going to stop working. I'm not going to quit doing what I'm doing. And uh, we're just going to move forward regardless of what they throw at us. But uh, I want to hang on. I want to hear what you what you are finding, if you can give us any kind of hint on on what's next coming our way. But tell me, what are you being charged with now? Well, they uh, notified my attorney yesterday morning uh, that I needed to uh, self-present or self-surrender myself in Raleigh, North Carolina on Tuesday or Wednesday. So we're going to arrange for that to happen on Tuesday. When we asked what the actual charges were going to be, we were told uh, by the FBI agent that he, quote unquote, didn't know and that he wouldn't know until the magistrate signed off on the warrant. Now, they are telling us that I'm going to just be processed and then released on my own recognizance, that I will not be detained, I'll not be held overnight, um, and that then, of course, I will be uh, subject to whatever the magistrate decides to put on me. I don't know whether that will include uh, surrendering of my devices, because, again, we haven't seen the warrant. I don't know if that's going to include a surrendering of my weapons. I don't know if that's going to include any gag orders of any types. I don't know if that's going to include restrictions that will, will prevent me from traveling to D.C. because that's what usually happens with January 6th defendants. One of the first what things that they surprise. do is they prevent travel to D.C. What a surprise, Steve. What a surprise. Yes, um, have yeah. you downloaded to the rest of the team so the work can continue? Have you downloaded what you know and what you're looking for and so the rest of the team can continue if you can't go in? We have multiple dead man switches. Okay, good. There's your answer for that. And by the way, dead man switch, uh, we know, Steve, he's not suicidal at all. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Not at all. And apparently can't hang himself with paper sheets. So uh, <laughs> he's got that going for him. 
Um, well, uh, please keep us informed. You have to surrender on Tuesday. I know the Blaze will have stories next week on this. Um, uh, is there any doubt in your mind? Because you were you were contacted by the Justice Department, what, about six months after January 6th? Because you were there. That's correct. Yeah, they contacted me in July of 21. I did my first or my only FBI interview in August of 21. We were notified by the Department of Justice a month later, the week before Thanksgiving uh, in November of 21. We were told that I would be charged within the week at that at that time. And then they dropped off the map and we didn't hear the hear from them until uh, 20 months later, which was August of this year when I got a subpoena, grand jury subpoena, for all of my January 6th videos. And what do, does your attorney think this is, uh, that that was about? <laughs> well, that was interesting because grand juries are not convened for misdemeanor charges. They're convened only for felony investigations. Now, that doesn't mean, because we don't know and they won't tell us anything, that maybe they just wanted my videos for uh, somebody else's investigation. Uh, or maybe it was uh, applicable to what they were looking at for me. And then there's no assurance that even though there was a grand jury looking at me or the videos, that they will apply a felony account. Well, look, we can we can assure the world right now because actually one of our guys right here is harvesting every second of me in the Capitol right now. Good. We're going to show we're going to show the world in advance, long before this thing ever goes to trial or any such nonsense. That obviously at any point, any time when I was on campus, there was never any violence, never any property damage, there was never any untoward behavior. I didn't wear Trump gear. I didn't parade. I wasn't carrying a flag. You didn't. You didn't stand the- on a bench, did you? God forbid. I did do that. I did do oh, that. Oh uh, yeah. boy, there is a federal law against that. But, I know uh, there is. So yeah. I may have to, you know, I may have to plead down to bench standing. But the. Uh, the but wait, the bottom- you did that not as a protester, <laughs> as a journalist, to get a bird's eye view, right? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I did. I got up and away from the crowd and above the crowd so I could record what was going on in the room. And that was in the crypt uh, below the rotunda where I did that. And so the the uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting presentation well in advance of whatever the government is putting together, because we'll be able to lay it out, lay it out and show side by side that there were you know, there were 60 other journalists that we are aware of that traveled through the same breached doors. And of course, I didn't arrive till after several hundred people were already in the Capitol. But there were 60 other journalists, many of those who, who in fact, went through those doors long before I did, or were at the very initial breach that have never been charged. It just really all comes down to, Glenn, who they were submitting their stories and their videos to at the time. And obviously, you know, uh, whatever whatever their narrative was, if the headline of their story was, as like the New Yorker's story with Luke Mogelson, uh, among the insurrectionists, well, then he probably uh, got to get out of jail free card for that headline. Well, but wait a minute, you, but you you had your video with HBO. They're not necessarily a flag waver of the right. Yeah, they they licensed uh, they they licensed my videos. Uh, New York Times licensed my videos, uh, as as did many other news agencies around the world. But that was that was through my through my agency. Okay, so can I ask you just a couple of frank questions? We because we just really got to know each other recently, and and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> are are you a hardened you know Nazi lover that is you know? 
I don't know. Burning crosses. <laughs> you usually at lead night. conversations I mean, with this question. You're yeah, waiting this I know, long I know, to ask. I know. Yeah. I, I, we had gotten to our "Are you a member of the Nazi Party?" part of our of our friendship yet, but uh, uh, Glenn, I usually get dinner and a couple drinks before I get asked questions like that. No, absolutely not. I am. Uh, if you if you uh, analyze my politics, I am what I refer to as a pragmatic libertarian, and I have. Uh, Never had any associations with any militias, any three percenters, uh, any Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, or otherwise. And I have uh, basically kept to myself and kept uh, my musical career for most of my life as a trumpet player and a singer. And and uh, uh, my my journalism was my uh, side hustle, as they say, for 20, 25 years. And that uh, was accelerated when COVID came to town and I was not allowed to work in the music business for a year and a half. So I moved my journalism and my investigative, uh, research into the uh, captain's chair of my life. And, and then January 6th happened. And so that became a, a primary focus of what I've been working on. Well, we are obviously going to be following, uh, your story. And, uh, every indication is, is that, exactly what you've said and as you say our team is there looking at all the video footage of you right now to make sure that uh we have the story and can get it out but also all of the other things you're looking into can you give us a sneak peek on anything else that you're you're working on for january 6th yeah i I can i can tell you that we are continuing our stories on the capitol police uh there's a real focus there in fact i i don't have a a second's worth of hesitation to tell you that the story that we came out with last Thursday, Friday, uh, that directly showed Capitol Police cover up and corruption uh, at the highest level tr- probably triggered this action from the DOJ. And I don't mind. Go over that names. story for anybody who didn't see it. Yeah, the story was that a particular police officer who he, we have been covering uh, issued a uh, anonymous letter on Capitol Police letterhead back in May of 21. It was highly partisan, highly political, uh, major violation of the Hatch Act, major violation of uh, uh, the uh, Capitol Police rules and regulations for their officers. And he was prompted to write this letter. It was a uh, political screed against the Republicans that were opposed to Nancy Pelosi's January 6th Select Committee. And as a result, of uh, a prompting he got from Representative Raskin, of all people. Uh, And uh, that was a situation where he took Raskin's uh, uh, prompting and went and created this letter and then also solicited help from the Capitol press pool. And then he had actually some female reporters in the press pool uh, assist him in crafting this anonymous letter. And when this was released on May 19th and May 20th, uh, it was discovered the next day because this cop's not very bright. He used his Capitol Police email and he used Capitol Police printers <laughs> to print off hard copies. Uh, and so he was brought in for, and his investigation began the next day. And we revealed that not only did he initially lie about the, um, the action that he had taken using Capitol Police resources and time, to craft a highly partisan political uh, anonymous letter rep- misrepresenting the, the department, 
that this was what would be called a terminable offense. He should have been fired on the spot. There was a problem with that, though, Glenn. We're talking about Harry Dunn, the hero of January 6th, as the media has put forth. So rather than taking disciplinary action against him, the uh, the Capitol Police spiked that report. They let him off with what they call a 534 warning, which means that was just a warning, just a slap on the wrist. Don't don't do that again, Harry. And he got by with it. So rather than being in a terminable event, he was um, uh, not uh, disciplined at all and therefore was allowed to testify in those Oath Keeper trials. And, of course, we know where that goes from there. So you see the connectivity there. Okay, we're talking. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, finish no, up. Just, just, just to finish that up, uh, one, one of, of the things that we've been able to do, and I've been able through sources over the last couple of years, is I do have and have been able to capture some um, internal communications between Oath Keeper leadership, and we know that they are livid over they in fact they they on on friday's report when i released the names involved harry dunn uh representative jamie raskin uh wendy wild i'm sorry uh whitney wild from cnn who participated in this uh, anonymous later letter when i put all this together and published that the chief counsel for the capitol police actually called me that twitter guy steve baker and uh <laughs> We're releasing this information, and so we're we're seeing, we're learning, we're knowing about these kinds of things that are happening, and we know that they're upset. And his name is uh, uh, Tad, uh, I think it's DiBiase or uh, the bias or something like that. And he's the chief counsel. He's a former federal prosecutor, former attorney, uh, assistant U.S. attorney, and he works with the Department of Justice on these cases uh, related to January 6th. And so we're pretty sure. Uh, we don't have to we don't have to stretch this too far to imagine that this is probably what triggered this action against me after two and a half years. Steve Baker, investigative journalist, Blaze Media contributor, and now famously that Twitter guy. Um, thank you for everything. Uh, Steve, we're going to be following this obviously very closely and uh, good luck. Good luck. Stay safe, please. We'll do. Thank you, Glenn. You got it. You bet. We'll yeah. keep your prayer in, in our prayers. Yeah, you know, Glenn. To it when when Steve would was covering this on January sixth, he didn't work at the police. He was an independent journalist. Yeah. And so hang on, hold yeah. that thought because mm-hmm. I need to tell you quickly about Relief Factor, and then we're going to come right back to this because I've got a couple of other things to say too. Um, look, if you're tired of giving things up, everybody else around you is having a blast in their day, and like it's nothing because it used to be nothing for you, but now you hurt. I know what it's like to feel the pain, to look at the people around and wish you could feel like they do once again. You've tried one thing after another, and it doesn't seem like anything's working. You get frustrated and hopeless, quite honestly. That's where I was about five years ago at this exact time of year. I was going on vacation, and I said, honey, when I come back, I think I'm going to have to retire from radio and television because I can't do it anymore. I'm just in so much pain. And I just rather spend my time with my kids with, you know, the good times that, you know, I do feel well. And she said, try Relief Factor. I said, that's not going to work. I've tried everything. I've been to the Mayo Clinic. Now I'm going to try some, you know, natural, all natural relief, you know, daily supplement. And that's going to work. She said, please just try it. I did. I took it for two weeks. I was stubborn. I said, well, I I don't know. I feel better, but I think it's, you know, I'm just having a good week because I've had the time off. I stopped taking it and the pain came 
roaring back. I started taking it again and it went away. I can learn. I'm learning to play the piano. I can paint again. My hands would not work without massive pain. Please try Relief Factor. 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. They have their feel better or your money back guarantee at ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. As I was mentioning, Glenn, you know, Steve was a, an independent journalist when he did this. And the government has taken out tons of these people that were independent journalists and on site at the time. Of course. That had no, you know why? They had no visibility. They didn't have uh, anybody backing them. They, they were yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I'm happy Steve is here at The Blaze is because, you know, this audience and this company has been able to at least have his back to make sure his stuff is seen. Um, because what what's happening to these people that don't have that visibility is they're just, they just being disappear. tossed and they just disappear. Yep. No one even knows. Yep. Um, so if you are the type of person who wants more of this journalism, wants these people protected, please um, a great it's a great time if you if you can to support the Blaze. We have a an option of Blaze TV Plus, which gives you all the access to the video stuff plus all the news content that comes out. There's also a, an option if you maybe maybe don't want to go that uh, much, just want to give some level of support. It's like three bucks a month yeah. to support uh, and get all the journalism that we're we're doing. Right. If you want the full package, it's Blaze TV Plus. You'll get thirty dollars off your annual subscription uh, at uh, blazetv.com/slash Glenn. Promo code Blaze. I'm sorry. Promo code is Glenn Plus and save thirty dollars. Um, it is vital. I don't think people really, truly understand what next year is going to be like. Mm. Um, the government is growing in surveillance, in power, um, in uh, their connections to be able to take. Now, people like me, I don't think people like me, uh, we're going to be around until there's an event. And just like Hong Kong, you know, when all of a sudden China rolled into Hong Kong, nobody noticed because everybody's eyes were on COVID. And that's what it'll take to take people like me out. However, people like Steve just disappear. And that's why we have gathered and put this umbrella of Blaze TV over it so we can expose, we can help the people that are doing the tough things. Please, if if you believe in investigative reporting, uh, please join blazetv.com and get Blaze the Plus. Back program. Uh, all right, Rough Greens. Juan wrote in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. He says, Jojo is getting a little older, and he's been starting to slow down quite a bit lately. Oh, it kills me. Uno is having a hard time just walking down the front stairs now, and it just hurts to watch him. Ever since we started using Rough Greens, things are a little bit different. I see him bark and run. Now he's chasing the cat and jumping on the bed. Whereas before, he would just lay there. He seems a lot happier, too. I love my JoJo's. Thank you so much, Rough Greens. Um, Listen, Juan, I understand that's the way Uno was. And this Rough Greens, I think, gave him probably three or four years of really good quality life. Because he was slowing down before. And I didn't think so. I thought he was normal. Now, oh my gosh. He started having Rough Greens three or four years later. Now, he's older than all of my other German Shepherds were when they died. And he's still going. 
Folks at Rough Green are so confident your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Do it now. And we encourage you to subscribe to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn Plus. You'll save 30 bucks. Makes a good Christmas gift. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. So glad you have uh, joined us. There is a big thing going around now um, because the uh, military is doing in-city training here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area during the holidays. And people are freaking out going, oh my gosh, they're planning on taking over our cities. It, it's it's not FEMA camps. It's not. Uh, Jason Buttrill uh, is with us. He's my head researcher, also was formerly military intel uh, and uh, and has a lot to say about this. You mock predictive programming? <laughs> Are you I, w- I will say that that is an actual thing, though. I, no, it is. I, I do think I that's agree. a thing. I do. Just not in this case. Yeah. Um, so I think, what was this like a few years ago? There was a big exercise all across South Texas where they were just freaking out. And they were, cause they were driving military tanks and trucks and everything else across Texas on the highways. And everybody's like, what's going on? What's happening? Let me tell you this story. I had a firsthand account to these exercises. Um, if you would have saw this and would not have known, you'd probably be freaked out. Yeah. So, true story, I was military intelligence. I was assigned to a recon sniper team uh, when we deployed. In an exercise getting ready for that, we had a Black Hawk helicopter pick us up from Camp Pendleton uh, in the middle of the night. It's probably like around midnight, something like that, 1 a.m. That's San, that's San Diego, right? Uh, it's in between San Diego yeah, and LA. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they pick us up from Camp Pendleton. They fly us like as if it was an op. So, minimal lights, everything. All over South, uh, across Southern California, we go to Los Angeles. We land on a high-rise building. How cool is in, that? It was. I was like, I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah, I so cannot cool. believe yeah. it. We land on a high-rise helipad. Um, we are in civilian clothes. We had our weapons with us, with rubber ammunition for the sniper rifles, but they were broken down in duffel bags and backpacks. Wow. We then hiked down the you know stairs. The stairs. We went through the city. To another high rise where we had to ascend it and set up a urban, uh, what they call sniper hide. So it was a camouflaged urban setting uh, sniper position. And did you have to evade the building security? So or did they know? To this day, I don't know if they were in on it or not. I suspect they were, but they told us to, that there was going to be actors everywhere. So stay in character the entire time. Okay. So um, we set up this sniper position at the top of this high rise. We had a resort that was had gone out of business years before that was in on it, mm-hmm. and they had actors in this resort. It was like, so we we're on the top of this uh, building. There's a freeway, uh, and then there's the resort. Mm-hmm. And then we had sniper targets inside the, the building. Wow. So our snipers then had to wait for like the go-ahead and then actually fire these rounds, these rubber rounds, over the freeway in the downtown Los Angeles. Wow. And hit those targets at that resort. Now, if you're an outside advisor, what are you thinking is going? You actually see them fire. You see these civilian guys with these duffel bags. You're probably thinking, I don't know what you're thinking. Especially if you saw the military helicopter Mm -hmm. land. Um, The reality of this is it's workups for deployments. Happens all the time. The only place to simulate an urban environment, you know, evading all that, is in an urban environment. Yeah, and this happens in 
one or both of the Carolinas a lot. There's one town. What what is the main uh, base for for the elite squads in the Carolinas? Do you remember? Well, there's a. Uh... Uh, well, there's the Camp Lejeune for the Marine Corps base, but there's also uh, Damneck, Virginia. I was stationed there for a while. But that, I don't that's remember. It's on, that's still Team 6. Okay, so there, I was at one of them. I can't remember where. And they just, they do this in their in the towns right around. And people don't necessarily know, but it is evade, capture, yeah. you know. Uh, and, you know, if people knew what our government was doing... They would freak out, but they shouldn't freak out because it is for urban warfare in other yeah, cities. Correct. However, uh, I can understand why people would see these things and freak out because nobody trusts the government anymore. But yeah. this is not unusual. No. Just so you know, it's not unusual. In, in fact, if you see it, they're probably deploring, de, de, uh, preparing directly for deployment. So that unit that's oh, flying that's around Dallas is probably about so to deploy. So the real... So the real story here is we're going to war oh, yeah, in that's Ukraine. That's what we take from this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's uh, there's something else. Let me play a promo uh, that is going to be starting here soon on social media. Uh, can you can you play this? Never before have our First Amendment rights, in particular the freedom of speech, been in such danger of extinction. The far left has gone into overdrive, quite frankly, using every single tool at their disposal to make sure that you don't have a voice. That's why I want you to join me at Glenn TV next year. We're going to do a series of uh, specials that is going to take place at the very spot where America first really understood how vital free speech is and open discussions. It's not only for the survival of our nation, but the survival of our homes and the survival of our family. We learned this lesson once before, and it happened right behind this door. Welcome home to Archie Bunker's place. In the 1970s, um, Norman Lear did a show called All in the Family, and it tackled topics on television that no other show would have even dared to touch. You see this? You're going to let him in, and then you're going to get rid of him really fast. Otherwise, you're both going to be dead. It showed us how to have tough conversations with the people that we love. Don't be stupid. Ain't you never heard of Medicure? <laughs> it's Medicare. And I saw a documentary about it on television. The way it works out, it only pays for 42%. The rest comes out of the old people's pockets. It showed that Americans, even complete opposites, aren't afraid of a little free speech. President, after all, is only a man. Right, and he's in the wrong job. <laughs> is that what you said to me, not letter? Give me that, give me that. What are you doing? Pip squeak like you. You have the nerve to insult the commander-in-chief. That's my return address on there. Glenn TV airs from Archie Bunker's house. I'll see you right here, right after the new year on Glenn TV. Merry Christmas. So, uh, Gavin McGinnis was on the set this week and, uh, he, he came in, he was doing one of the shows and he came in and he's like, this, this, you had this rebuilt, uh, you've had an, uh, an exact copy made. I said, no, no, that's the real one. He's like, as somebody who's fiscally responsible, I disagree, <laughs> um, but it is because it's such an important piece of American history. Um, and I don't think those clips do this justice at all. Um, 
Norman Lear was the guy who brought politics into TV. We think. And he is. But it was already there. It was just like, you know, Dragnet. Really? The LAPD is clean? <laughs> the FBI, under at the time, under J. Edgar Hoover. Really? They're all buttoned up and never break the law? Right. Really? Right. Norman Lear was just more raw about it. But I've been watching All in the Family now for the last year and watching all of the episodes. And they were arguing about exactly the same things that we argue about now. Meathead was a Marxist. He was arguing. I always thought he was liberal because I watched it when I was a kid. I always thought he was liberal. No, he was. he's arguing Marxism. Archie is a bigot but at the time when you watched that many people had grandparents who were just like that okay and it did we could laugh at it but we could also see that's not right and the way i remember all in the family if you were a liberal you could watch it and you could shout for meathead um, but if you were a conservative, you could laugh at it at at Archie because he was a stereotype of people that you knew. You know what I mean? And you could learn and you could come. And it was a it was an end. It was it was steam release. It was a pressure release. We now are being shouted down by people like Rob Reiner. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Well, that's what. Archie used to say, when did Rob Reiner become Archie Bunker? So our first episode is going to use this set. And I'm working on a series on on uh, all in the family. And that's why I bought the set that and I want to preserve it. Um, but uh, I'm working on a series. But this is one episode where we're going to talk about freedom of speech. Yeah, I, this is happening so rapidly over the past few weeks, really. Um, I always get my hands on these crazy UN documents and it's always backed up by something that's directly happening in the United States as we speak. Um, you, 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 t you saw the uh, CTIL Schellenberger files, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I dug into that at the deepest level. But at the same time, I found things that were going on at the UN at the international level. Mm -hmm. And the combination of the two, Glenn, mm -hmm. is frightening. Absolute frightening. And the first thing that popped into my mind was this is probably the year where they're going to do a direct assassination attempt on the First Amendment. 2024. We'll look back if they are successful and say that was the year. That's when it happened. What better way to present that than a Glenn chalkboard in the all in the family dining room? That's what I thought. That's going to happen. So that is happening January 3rd, I think, Third. is the Wednesday. Exactly. January 3rd, when we come back. Today is our last broadcast, uh, and uh, then we come back January 3rd. And uh, it is a Wednesday, isn't it, that it's we return Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. And so it'll be a Wednesday night TV special that you do not want to miss. And it is the appropriate thing to start with, quite honestly, because um, – as Jason said, freedom of speech is under attack, and this might be the year, 2024. I will tell you that 2024 is going to be um, the year that 
all of us need to be our absolute best selves, mm. that we have to be in line with God and shod our feet in uh, the gospel of peace, uh, have the helmet of salvation. I mean, full armor of God next year. We have to know who we are. We have to know our constitution. We have to know what's worth standing up for and uh, what's just nonsense and don't get involved. We have to know who our neighbors are. Um, next year is going to decide whether the Republic survives or not next year, I believe could be wrong. And I hope I am, but by this time next year, we may know the answer to Ben Franklin's statement, Mr. Franklin, what did you give us a Republic? If you can, if you can keep it, yeah, we will know, I think by this time next year. So, um, it's not going to be a downer next year. I, I think next year is going to be very, very empowering to people. And uh, I am working with uh, several people who are at this point still unnamed uh, that uh, I'm working on some things that I think is going to be a, of great service uh, for you to make it through the year. So thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yep. That starts uh, Wednesday, January 3rd on our return. Something that I am putting absolutely under the tree uh, for all of the kids and grandkids and, uh, and uh, uh, nephew uh, under the tree is Tuttle Twins, the Tuttle Twins books. History, there is a story in the Washington Post today about how, I can't believe the Washington Post did this, how uh, if you look at our Boston Tea Party in the Post today, it was a terrorist attack. No, it wasn't. Do you have any idea what our founders did on that ship? Any idea? Any idea? If I have time, I'm going to rant about this yet today before we get off, but it just pisses me off. You need to know real history. Tuttle Twins makes it really, really easy for your kids and you to learn history. Giving your kids the Tuttle Twins history books is a great way to teach them why, why America happened and what was the real result. Tuttle Twins, giving a huge discount on their history books in honor of the Boston Tea Party's big anniversary that's happening on December 16th or was happening on December 16th. What date is it? Um, ensuring your children are educated in history is up to you. If you, have, if you don't have the books yet, get them. They also have bundles of all kinds of books. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The sale ends tomorrow. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. Thank you so much for uh, putting up with me, putting up with us, uh, and uh, and allowing us to do what we do. And uh, I hope this year has been good for you, that you feel you've gotten value out of what we have produced. Uh, we are currently working hard on next year, and we have some exciting things coming up for the Glenn Beck program and the Glenn Beck universe uh, next week or next year. And we'll, we'll be, uh, beginning that, um, uh, soon. Did you, did you by any chance see in the show prep today, by the way, if you don't get my daily show prep, you need to, uh, 
Uh, we have so many stories in there we just don't have time to talk about, but they're they're all really important. It's all edited by me and my staff, and you can get it every day. It's free at glenbeck.com. Look for the Glenbeck newsletter. Do you see that Mark Zuckerberg has a hundred million dollar Hawaii compound uh, that he is building? Uh, you know, they call us conspiracy freaks and uh, and say we're preppers and preppers get a bad name. He has uh, a new compound on Kauai that will have more than a dozen buildings with two central mansions connected to a tunnel in both of them that connect to a 5,000 square foot underground shelter with escape hatches. Hmm. So, uh, hmm. Why would you? Uh, I love this, too. Uh, it's a secret project. It's not a secret. It's in the news. Right. It's right here. I'm reading it. I, I think people ought to misunderstand secret projects. But uh, tell me, what does he know? My grandfather used to say right before the Depression or after the Depression that if we had known what the rich people had known, maybe we would have been better off. But they knew and we were so far behind and, you know, while we were still buying, they were pushing out and selling. Uh, and they got rich because they acted before. Um, please, please. Uh, what do the rich people know? I don't know. He's preparing for something. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should as well. The Glenn Beck Program.